104.4. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With G-Mama. Josh. And Tony. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. And today's episode is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, leaders in 1987 to 2018 Wrangler parts and accessories. Extreme Terrain provides top-tier expertise and customer support from genuine Wrangler experts. Stay tuned later in this episode to hear more about their October Throttle Out episodes. Hey, welcome to the Jeep Talk Show. First time here? No worries. There's plenty of room for you. We're just part of the big old Jeep family. Now get ready to learn a little, laugh a little, and if you like Jeep Mama, roll your eyes a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I don't know about you, Josh, but I'm ready for all this rain to leave Texas alone. Well, Tony, I'm up here in Oregon, and we've been relatively dry for, well, I don't know, a few weeks now, so I, I think you guys stole all of our fall rainfall. And meanwhile, I'm just sitting here in Maryland waiting for it to snow. It's snowing in Pennsylvania, <laughs> but not here. So, okay, guys, enough about the weather, because this is a Jeep Talk Show. What's coming up in this episode, Tony? Well, Tammy, as always, I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) We've got Ben uh, with us tonight from Skull Crushers Off-Road. And on this week in Jeep, we'll reveal a Jeep-related secret about a Hollywood celebrity. And we'll hear a story about what was pulled from a recent headline. Uh, Josh is going to steer us in the right direction with some power steering info and tech talk. And there's a fair chance that G-Mama is going to do some kind of top five or something in Wrangler talk. (laughs) <laughs> Nikki G is back and he says his uh, criticism sites on Jeep Mama. And, you know, we'll probably have uh, a lot more and get up to some other uh, shenanigans along the way. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Shopping online for that special somebody? Maybe your Jeep is ready for some new shocks. Or are you just low on bacon salt and can't find your Bane mask? Whatever the reason, be sure to go to jeeptalkshow.com first, click the big Amazon image there, and you'll be whisked away to the magical world of Amazon, where a small percentage of your purchases will go towards supporting the Jeep Talk Show. Be sure to tell your friends and remember to think of us when you shop online, and thank you in advance. Well, before we get into this story, I need to thank listener Doug for reaching out and bringing this one to our attention. Every week, we get dozens of submissions for stories to share with you guys, but typically only have room for two or three. So, when I saw this story... Well, at first I was going to pass on it, but once I started reading and getting into the details, well, I just knew I had to, sh- had to be shared, and in true Jeep Talk Show fashion nonetheless. So, we're going to go ahead and file this gem under the you-probably-should-have-just-stayed-in-bed files. <laughs> Imagine, if you will, an Orlando, Florida, Florida morning, just like any other. It was about 8.30 a.m. when a school bus driver was forced to take the nine kids on the bus he was driving for an impromptu swim lesson instead of going to school. Now, let's flash backwards several minutes to a Jeep owner we're going to call Dale to protect his identity, who uh, has begun his morning driving to work. Now, Dale is not like your typical Jeep owner. Oh, sure, he's daydreaming about his next mod, he's broke, and has ADD like the rest of us, but Dale's morning is about to take a turn for the worse. You see, Dale, despite having a well-modified Jeep, has never taken it off-road. 
In fact, the most off-roading Dale's Jeep has ever seen was that one time he had to drive through a residential construction zone when the sound of some loose gravel under his tires nearly brought poor Dale to the brink of a full-blown anxiety attack. So, it came as quite a shock when, right in his lane, directly in front of him, and only with about seven full car lengths of warning, Dale saw the roadkill. Now, ordinarily, a Jeep would have no issue whatsoever navigating the treacherous terrain of the flattened tree squirrel, or the deadly off-camera situation a possum that had a date with an 18-wheeler would present. But in Dale's case, he was just plain and simply unprepared. Oh, the Jeep was prepared, but not Dale. Knowing nothing else but needing to avoid the icky mess occupying the less than one square foot of pavement in front of him, <laughs> Dale did the only thing that his pea-sized brain could come up with and swerved his Jeep violently to one side in the hopes of avoiding any fur or gore touching his tire or worse, sending him careening out of control like it was some sort of cartoon banana peel. Unfortunately, that's exactly what happened, and Dale, through no fault of the missed roadkill, swerved into oncoming traffic and collided with our aforementioned school bus. The bus driver, not expecting a wild jeep to suddenly veer into his lane, had no choice but to try and avoid Dale, who was too busy trying to avoid the dead thing on the road. Now, the bus left the roadway, and with all nine kids now bouncing out of their seats in glee, found its way into the backyard of a local resident, who, while sipping his morning coffee, was not expecting to see a loaded school bus come crashing through his fence and land squarely in the deep end of his pool. By the time the police had arrived, the homeowner was helping the nine kids all uninjured and a one very shaken bus driver off the partially submerged vehicle. Dale, for his part, was transported to a nearby hospital with <clears throat> non-serious injuries. The moral of the story here? Don't be a Dale. If it's already dead, then don't be a sissy. Possum guts are a lot easier to wash off than those off those fenders than dried mud. So don't swerve and just stay at your lane and do what the rest of us do and aim. Yeah, Dale's wife agrees with you. <laughs> so that's horrible. Oh my God. So now, what, there, there what, are there was a little bit of embellishing in this story, and of course uh, the names and faces have been changed to protect the innocent. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I saw this, uh, and, and of course Doug, a uh, listener of ours, uh, shared shared this headline with us, and and I, I was like, oh no 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 no, I've I've got to do some magic with this one. So no, well, uh, that, that's fine. Uh, so I, I didn't see it in the initial report and I don't see it here in our, uh, our show notes. Uh, what kind of Jeep was, uh, was Dale driving? Was it a proper Jeep? It was, or was it one of those Fiat things? No, it was not one of the Fiat things. He, uh, he had himself a JK. I'll be darned. That's amazing. I, I did not expect that. I thought maybe it was a grand or something. And I was hoping like hell it wasn't just a, a plain Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a report about a, a plain uh, XJ Cherokee that got in a nasty wreck on a uh, on a, a very popular freeway um, and ended up leaving the freeway and uh, landing on a squarely on a transformer, which oh. caused uh, caused a major power outage that actually made it to the news. Oh, um, so <laughs> that's that's like <laughs> a squirrel getting in the wrong place. <laughs> nearly, nearly. <laughs> So, yeah, I know you're not prepared for this, but uh, speaking of XJs, uh, and uh, did, have you heard anything more about the XJ that was stolen and was tried to be used in a smash and grab? Uh, I don't remember if that was last week or the week before. I, I hadn't heard anything about that. I haven't seen anything. I, I, I was going to reach out to the guy and uh, make sure his name was still clear. Uh, whatnot. I got some contact information. So um, I, I have not yet done that. There's been some other things that popping up more newsworthy and whatnot. That one uh, kind of slipped through the cracks. But man, I'll I see if I can I hope you get an update. Back. Yeah. 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 Me too. And it's not too badly damaged. Well, speaking of getting a Jeep back, uh, a Legends Jeep is up for sale. 
Now, the name Steve McQueen may go over the heads of many of you out there, but for those who associate the name with one of the may associate the name with one of motorsports' greatest legends, well, then this story is for you. One of his greatest films came out in 1968, and today is still considered one of the most iconic car movies ever made. Bullet featured a green 1968 fastback Ford Mustang, which became synonymous with the actor in the coming years. But what many didn't know is that Steve McQueen drove another famous green vehicle. Mr. McQueen was also an avid Jeeper. Oh. On the weekend of November 10th and 11th in 2018, an immaculate 1945 World War II-era Willys MB Jeep will hit the auction block. The former military vehicle, which was first purchased by the Hollywood star in the late 1960s, is uh, and is likely going to be sold for no, now far more than the U.S. government paid for it 70-some-odd years ago. McQueen owned and drove the Willys Jeep until his death in 1980 and still has the license plates that expired just a week before he passed away. His estate sold in 1984 for just $6,000. That's right. Steve McQueen's Jeep sold for six grand. Can you imagine? And uh, it's fitted with a a commemorative commemorative plaque uh, confirming its authenticity as one of Steve McQueen's personal vehicles. It changed hands more than one time and is now in the UK where it was fully restored immaculately, I might, I might add, by, a specialist, uh, by specialist Jeep parts. Um, it's being offered at the Silverstone Auctions event in Birmingham, which, uh, where it is expected to sell, forget this, over $125,000. If you'd like to see the pics of this beautiful little slice of history, well, we'll have the link in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. Now, I just can't imagine... Uh, just getting a Jeep, even if it no, no matter what kind of condition it was, a military Jeep for six grand. I mean, maybe in, maybe in the 1980, 1984, that was, that was a lot of money. I don't know, but that, you know, six grand for a 19, uh, for a 1945, uh, Jeep, military Jeep. I think that'd be a steal. Uh, and, and I don't think they were, uh, I think they were rare back then too. Well, certainly uh, not the popularity that they have nowadays, but uh, but yeah, uh, and and certainly not as many restored uh, as there are nowadays. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the the job that they did on this, um, the uh, the specialist Jeep parts company uh, that did the restoration on this, did an amazing job. So um, I highly suggest you guys go check out the pics. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going on the auction block here just next month, uh, just about a month from where we're recording right now. We should get those guys on the show. Uh, not not just talk about the McQueen Jeep, but also to just uh, restoring Jeeps. That's got to be an interesting story. No telling what they find whenever they do well, and how they got it. Were they the ones that bought it for six grand? How right. did they make it clear across the pond? You know, all that sort of stuff. So you know, very very interesting uh, story behind all this. I'd love to get the whole backstory behind this Jeep and and hear. You know, if, if a Jeep could talk, you know, that right. sort of thing, that'd be, that'd be really cool. Now, I, I just kind of add to this bullet, uh, which I've, I've watched the movie uh, as an adult and the movie itself, not so good, at least not my tastes. Uh, I don't think it was done very well, but the, the, the scene in which there's the, the, oh, the chase between the, the, the cars, yeah, the, the Mustang and the Charger, just, just riveting to watch. And it's a, a very long, long scene. Yeah. But uh, how much better? could it have been in oh. a 1945 <laughs> a military jeep two, two cylinder two cylinder yes. willies <laughs> jeep <laughs> here uh, they come around the corner and they're still coming 
<laughs> almost around the corner now. Okay, now they're onto the street. <laughs> just just think about the jumps, you know, <laughs> where they were doing the jumps, Jeez, like in San yeah. Francisco, where it was. Could you uh, imagine hanging onto that deer life for deer life on the steering wheel? You know, here's your <laughs> here's your death wobble. Kiss my ass. I'm hanging on for deer life here. <laughs> Well, hey, if you guys have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we'll be sure to let us know what you have to say. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to do it. Hey, coming up here a little bit in the, later in the show, an interview with Ben from Skull Crushers Off-Road. You don't want to miss it. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, we're going to pump you full of power steering pump talk. Pump st- <laughs> power steering <Ooh>. goodness. <laughs> how does it go? We're going to pump you up. We are here to pop you up. (laughs) You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And we'd like for you guys to go check out the 4x4 Radio Network website. The next time you're online, just pop over to 4x4radionetwork.com. You'll see the Jeep Talk Show there, of course, but we've got something for anybody interested in off-road podcasts. You can listen for free to the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, the Trail Chasers podcast, and even the On the Trail podcast. It's all there. It's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. Okay, Tony and Josh. Josh, sorry. Yes. (laughs) I was trying to say yes and Josh at the same time. Um, Yes, it's going to be another Jeep Mama Top 5, and this time I'm going to be talking about winterizing your Jeep, some tips for winterizing your Jeep. You know, old man winter is just around the corner, and winter is a very hard time for vehicles. And a matter of fact, I think old man winter is already just north of me in Pennsylvania. I'm sure maybe if Nate's listening, he can verify that because I think it snowed up there just a couple days ago. Anyway, the cold temperatures, the salt on the streets, they're all so damaging for our Jeeps and off-road vehicles. That road salt is the number one killer of all that steel on our Jeeps. It corrodes, creates a rust infestation, and it's very important to take extra care of your Jeep during these winter months so you can continue to enjoy many more years of fun in your Jeep, no matter what the weather. So here we go. My top five things you need to do to get your vehicle ready for the winter if you're in the salt belt. Now, if you're Tony, you probably, in, down in Texas, you probably don't need to do these things. Um, first, what you're going to want to do is get your winter survival kit packed up. Most of the stuff in the winter survival kit we probably already have in our Jeep, but there's a few things you might need to add in there, like your ice scraper, your maybe some sand or kitty litter, um, a shovel, the the flares you probably already have first aid kit you should have that no matter what extra antifreeze flashlight batteries um so on and so on there's a list of all the things that you should put in your kit on my blog at jeepmama.com my award-winning jeep blog um and there's some other winter survival information there but today we're talking about winterizing your jeep so the next thing you're going to want to do is fill up that washer fluid Um, most likely you will be using your window wipers, windshield wipers more in the winter than you would in the summer because once that salt is on the roads, it's going to be dirty, salty, 
And once that snow starts to melt, it gets slushy and that just sprays everywhere and it's nasty. So keep that washer fluid reservoir full. You might even want to put an extra bottle or two in your Jeep. You, before all this road salt comes, you're going to want to wash your Jeep and clean it really good and then wax it because this wax is going to help protect your Jeep and any vehicle against all that nasty salt. Now, once you've wash and wax your Jeep, you've gotten a close-up look at your Jeep and you're going to be noticing some rust spots and you're going to want to take care of those. And I've done many blog posts on this, on what I do, and you're going to want to sand much of that rust off as you can. And last spring, I tested out several different rust removal products that Jeepers suggested to me. Um, I actually did a video, there's one on YouTube, but I found that the best product that I thought worked the best was this product is in a bottle, it's green, it's called Osfo. It's really good and when you apply it to rusted surfaces, it's going to resist the rust in a chemical change and while it's drying to a tough hard surface and it's going to be ready for priming. So once you put that Osfo on, you just let it dry and then you can paint um, over the rust spots. Um, and this, the paint that I use is the Krylon black spray paint with rust protector. Now this Osfo is a, um, product that has been used in the marine and industrial areas for 70 years. They use it on the oil rigs and, um, the big ships. Now, a paint job will last longer after an application of Osvo because the paint coating securely attaches itself so the moisture and the oxygen can't attack the metal. It's water thin and it can cover a large area than paint and it goes on really easily and it's equally affected on the exterior and interior alike. So you just sand it, put on the Osvo, and then you can use the black spray paint. So now that you've looked on the outside of your Jeep, you're going to want to get down underneath your Jeep. And this is where you're going to be looking at your undercarriage. And especially if you go off-roading on those rocks, you're going to have tons of scrapes and scratches and dings. And those things are going to be on your skid plates, of course. But look at the frames of your Jeep and other parts because you're going to want to do the exact same thing under there because you're going to want to protect your Jeep from this rust. So I did this, I do the same thing underneath my Jeep. And then the last thing you're going to want to do is fluid film. The, you can buy this on Amazon and you can buy Osmo on Amazon, by the way. Um, and fluid film is, I'm going to be talking about that more in my Jeep Mama product review here in a couple minutes. But fluid film is going to help protect the rust from getting, or the road salt to getting to your Jeep. So that's my top five things you need to do to winterize your Jeep. Now, next week, um, I'm going to talk about top five accessories you need for your Jeep in the wintertime. Now, when I'm talking about the wintertime, I'm talking about my wintertime. So those folks in Florida, you might not be wanting to use some of these things. But anyway... I also have several links to blog posts on winterizing my Jeep, protecting your Jeep from the elements, keeping your Jeep clean in the winter, rust removal, 
winter survival kit. So many great tips that I've collected over the years from Jeepers and forums and just other blogs that I find online. And we're going to have all those links in the show notes. And you can also find them on my, my blog. Now, Tammy, I think that you are doing a disservice to uh, states, like you mentioned, Florida, but not having a, a top five winter rising type stuff. I'm thinking, what are the te- uh, top uh, five sweaters that you should wear when driving topless in uh, Florida during the winter? Yes. I actually, <laughs> you probably would not need to wear a sweater in Florida. Not, maybe. not in the, the southern parts of it, but I bet you, there, I bet you it gets yeah. chilly oh, when yeah, a cold front comes chilly. in. Yeah, definitely. I could do a top five things you need to do in the winter for your Jeep in Florida. And that would probably be, you know, take your top down. Um, I'll have to think about that one. Clean out your cup holders so you can put your yeah. adult beverage in there for passengers only, right. of course. <laughs> secure secure all those items in your Jeep so they don't blow out when you put your top down. That's exactly right. If you are living in Florida, what do you do to winterize your Jeep? Call us. Yeah, that's us a good know. idea. Yeah. Hey, folks, coming up later in the show, um, we're going to hear from Nikki G. And did I hear you right, Tony? Is he taking me to task? He's going to give you a little uh, a little rash, Tammy. Uh, he's Uh-oh. Gonna, he, uh, you know, well, Nikki G., it's not that bad. So I don't know. <laughs> but it is contagious. <laughs> yes. It'll oh, make God. you scratch like a, a, t- <laughs> a mangy uh-huh. dog. <laughs> hey, Jeep Talk Show. It's Nate. I have, an, I have a terrible thing to admit. I've fallen behind in my listening to the Jeep Talk Show. I'm about three weeks behind. So expect a flurry of voicemails while I catch up. I'm on 351 right now, and Tammy just got finished talking about her uh, guiding experience at the Women's Wheeling Day event. And uh, I just wanted to sort of echo some of the things that she said. Guiding is awesome. And uh, not because it's a power trip or because it gets you at the front of the line or because it gets you free days of wheeling. Uh, at least not for me. Um, I love it because of exactly the things that Tammy pointed out, uh, that people put their faith in you, people learn from you, you get a chance to teach the next generation of wheelers, and I think that's very, very rewarding. Also, the tail gunner is pretty important, Tammy. Don't get bummed out about it. And uh, I know, uh, Tony, you were uh, uh, comparing tail gunners to right fielders. Um, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I can say that There are lots of cases where the tail gunner really has to hoof it because a lot of times the trail lead is leading and the tail gunner has to run up to the front of the line and help spot while the lead is moving their Jeep, especially on things that are more technical than green trails. Uh, So as soon as you get up to blues and blacks, the tail gunner really works it because they have to run up to the front and then run back to get their own Jeep. And then generally they're spotting themselves through these trails because no one's left by the time they come through. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun job, but it's a, it's a lot of work. So, uh, yeah. Also, yes, I did bend my steering. I didn't break it because of tire size or because I was wheeling too rough. Uh, I was guiding blues at AOAA. I was at the front of the line. Some of the trails were tougher than they used to be because of the, uh, the rains that Tammy mentioned. And, uh, yeah, I think it contacted a rock, um, not, uh, you know, mainly because I had no spotter in the front, and I was really sort of feeling my way through the trail. Anyway, uh, expect more voicemails, I'm sure. I'm going to try to catch up in the next day or so, so I can be current again. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. 
And I will say, I agree with Nick, um, Nate. Um, I did a lot of running from the obstacle all the way back to my Jeep. And then I would have to go through the obstacle by myself, which they were green trails, so I was okay with that. But you do do a lot of back and forth, back and forth, especially when there's oh, yeah. a, a bigger group. And I will just mention to Nate that uh, uh, the people do hit to the right field occasionally. So, yes, it is uh, important sometimes for the right fielder to be able mm-hmm. to play play the, play the ball. Uh, but uh, the, you, you don't get a lot of balls hit to right field, at least not in Little League, because there's not a lot of uh, left-handed uh, uh, batters. Hill Gunners, young sung heroes of the trail. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Very good. I like his uh, his idea about the uh, the TV, the new TV series uh, Wheelers: The Next Generation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to get the, uh, the the first series in first now. No, that's no, a lot a lot of good stuff from from Nate there. Clearly, you can tell that that's a guy that's got a lot of seat time uh, behind him or underneath him, whatever you want to put it. But uh, yeah, a great perspective there, Nate. And thanks for calling in. And now we're gonna share with you a review we got on itunes c s b a g gave us two stars on itunes he said boring when will you talk about something other than yourselves and the excitement of doing a podcast you sound like those knucklehead newscasters (laughs) doing reports on whatever other newscasters are saying (laughs) well you know it's been a long time since we received a review uh thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts with us uh, do you have a review for the show? You know, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and click the link for Facebook reviews. We want to hear from you no matter what you have to say. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I think, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Now, it's been almost 70 years since power steering first hit the automotive scene, and we've been taking it for granted ever since. Nowadays, it's quite rare that a car or truck to be made without power steering, for that matter. And I bet you didn't know that it was Jeep's former parent company, Chrysler, who brought it to the scene first. Chrysler Corporation introduced the first commercially available passenger car power steering system on the 1951 Chrysler Imperial under the name Hydroglide. Oh, yeah. As the rest of, as they say, is history. That's true, the systems haven't gotten any more or really less complex over the years, just some subtle improvements over a very basic technology. But just like with any tech or mechanical device on our Jeeps, the power steering system can wear, break, be stressed, or otherwise start presenting problems with age, abuse, and overuse. Over the last couple weeks, we've gone over the components that make up the power steering system on our Jeeps, more specifically the ones that can leak or do leak, and how to troubleshoot leaks and potential issues. Today, we focus on the pump itself, what is essentially the heart of the system. Power steering pump directs fluid from the reservoir to the steering gearbox, which applies the correct amount of pressure to turn the wheels smoothly. There are several symptoms of a bad or failing power steering pump, so if you notice any of these following, have the pump inspected by a professional mechanic as soon as you can. Now, whining noise while turning the wheel. This is a big one. If you hear a whining noise while turning the wheel of your vehicle, something is wrong with your power steering system. It could be a leak in the system itself or in the pump, or the fuel fluid level could just be low. If the fluid level is left this way for too long, it can damage the whole power steering system. Now, either way, the power steering pump needs to be looked at and potentially replaced. Now, when you're off-road, you might hear some, some whining as the pump and, and the gearbox has to work a little bit harder. Um, we're talking about just during standard driving here in a parking lot or just going down the road, not in extreme situations. Now, when the steering wheel is too slow to respond, like while turning around a corner, if your steering feels slow to respond to the moves you're making with the steering wheel, 
well, chances are the power string pump is starting to fail. Along with this, you may also hear a whining noise. Now, if you notice these two symptoms together, well, you're going to want to contact a local shop to have your power steering pump looked at or replaced at the very least. Now, if your steering wheel gets stiff, taking the last issue to a whole nother level really here, not only can your steering wheel be slow to respond, it can also become very stiff if the power steering fails altogether. If your steering wheel starts to feel stiff, if your power steering, well, that means your power steering pump is likely going bad or already has gone bad. Now, squealing noises when the vehicle starts. Now, this one, we can go a couple different directions in this one. While whining noises are usually heard when you turn the vehicle, you know, under pressure and whatnot, squealing noises come when the vehicle first starts. They can happen when you make sharp turns as well, but they are more likely to happen for a minute as you first start up the Jeep. Well, squealing noise will, of course, be coming from under the hood of the Jeep, and it's a sign that your power string pump may be going bad and, ca and causing the, pump, uh, the belt to slip, rather. It could also just be a worn or loose belt, and you could just simply need to replace it. Now keep your fingers crossed and hope that it's the latter. Now, groaning noises are the worst noises your power steering pump can make. Whines and squeals are typically high-pitched, whereas a groan is often low-pitched. And trust me, groans are bad. And groans will get worse and worse as your power steering pump continues to fail. If the power steering system fails from a lack of fluid, it can damage the whole system, including the steering gearbox or even the lines and require a complete replacement. If you notice a leaky steering pump where a wetness around the pump itself or its connections, you probably don't want to wait to start hearing noises before you do something about it. Trust me, the last place you want to be out on the trail or dunes or in traffic when your power steering system fails. Now, as soon as you notice unusual behavior or strange noises coming from your engine compartment, or if the steering is slow to respond or feels stiff, have your power steering system inspected, and if needed, have the parts replaced. Power steering is an essential part of our Jeeps and is a major safety issue too, so it should be taken care of by a professional as soon as possible. We're not done yet. Next week, we'll get a little bit more in detail about the steering box itself and some upgrades you may want to consider too. So I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it seems to me that if you notice that the steering wheel is a little, uh, a little uh, less responsive when you're uh, idling, you know, maybe you, if you have an automatic transmission, you know, you got your foot off the brake and you're not really giving it gas or you're not, uh, in, in other words, the engine is just idling along. Maybe you're going through a parking garage or something and you go to make that mm -hmm. turn and it's not very responsive or it just doesn't feel right. That would be kind of an indication of uh, like maybe, it, it no, not necessarily any noises, but just, you know, a little hard for it to, to turn. It doesn't really feel smooth. So the engine uh, idle uh, is basically not turning the, the pump fast enough for it to get the, the pressure it needs. That seems to me that that would be an indicator that perhaps you're having a pump issue. Yes, that too would be would definitely be an indication that at, at the very least you want the system to be looked at. Now, there, there can be issues with, um, you know, you might have a leaky line and you're letting air into the system and this can oh, cause performance yeah. issues That's as true. well. Uh, you could just plain and simply have very, very old power steering fluid. Power steering fluid generally has a lifespan of up to about five years in normal, standard, stable conditions. If you're in a, in a climate where there's very large temperature swings, a lot of moisture, um, or extreme cold and extreme heat, well, you know, then that lifespan might be reduced by some. Um, so if you've owned your Jeep for five years or more and you've never swapped out the power steering fluid, now chances are you're overdue. 
So, you know, old fluid, a fluid that's been aerated, burnt fluid, anything like that can also cause problems and isn't necessarily an indication that you have a mechanical problem, just that you have a fluid issue. So, again, a bottom line here is if you notice anything that's kind of out of the normal or out of the way that it should be operating, uh, have a professional take a look at it and, uh, and get a second opinion, if nothing else, and at least have somebody who uh, knows a little bit more than you give you a second opinion and let you know what's going on. So when do you think it's appropriate to consider a power steering uh, cooler, uh, something that cools the fluid uh, uh, going, you know, circulating through the pump? Anytime you're getting into large off-road tires, I'm talking about um, 35s or larger, uh, or you're getting into um, serious like rock crawling or professional competition style off-roading. Any of these situations where you're kind of getting into the extremes of the sport um, you're going to need to get get some cooling on that because what's happening here, you're likely going to be into the realm of performance parts, performance pumps. You're certainly in the realm of needing higher performance uh, components because you're you're doing a lot of uh, you know extreme wheeling here. Uh, when you're in those kind of conditions, the forces that are applied in the system it requires a lot more uh, pressures, a lot more forces. There's a lot more going on there. Uh, so you're going to need, you know, synthetic fluids. You're going to need larger lines. You're going to need bigger pumps, you know, things like that. With all of that comes extra heat, and all of that needs to be dissipated as well. Inline coolers is the way to go. Yeah, i got to get Tim Allen to do a recording of his grunt for us because that's all uh, those uh, stuff uh, you're uh, saying. Uh, yeah, uh, just uh, manly, manly. Yeah, well, anyway, the nice thing about the cooler is is that it'll help uh, uh, make the uh, the fluid last a little longer too by keeping it cooler and uh, not breaking down as quickly. And I'll, well, and I'll raise my hand and say I've had my Jeep for 20 years and I've never changed the power steering fluid, <gasps> but it leaks. So I've put new in oh, on several okay. occasions. <laughs> Just constantly Jeez. refreshing it. That's, right. that's it. Well, well I was going to say, there's, the there's one thing. Oh, hold on. Hold on. There's one, there's yep, one thing that we touched on last week about fluid really quick that I want to I emphasize. And, and that is if you, if you are um, still running a stock system, but you are into some serious wheeling or you've made uh, some substantial su- suspension and tire upgrades, um, synthetic power steering fluid is also an upgrade that you want to look at. Standard power steering fluid cannot hold up to the performance levels that uh, synthetic can. It can take more pressure, it can take more heat, and it lasts a little bit longer. Hey, if there's anything like you guys would like to add to the conversation, maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What do you talk about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Extreme Terrain is taking over YouTube, everybody. Week after week, Extreme Terrain is putting out new throttle-out episodes. Their latest series focuses on everything you should know about getting your Jeep unstuck when off-road and features some of the top off-roading gear and recovery techniques you absolutely should be aware of to prevent you and your crew from getting stranded. In one of their latest episodes, Extreme Terrain host Ryan Huck visits Roush Creek Off-Road Park in Pine Grove, PA, with a camera crew, a bunch of recovery gear, and a couple of sweet Jeeps, too, to demonstrate and discuss the types of tools and recovery techniques you'll need 
to make your next off-road excursion a safe and fun one. From D-rings to snatch blocks to recovery jacks and more, these throttle out these mm. these throttle out episodes from Extreme Terrain covers it all, or maybe we should say recovers it all. You can view the video from the link in the show notes for this episode on our site or at extremeterrain.com. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, good evening, boys and girls. We have another uh, great interview for us tonight. I know the interview hasn't happened yet, but it's always great. You know it's great uh, because we have great guests. And tonight we have Ben with SkullCrushers.com. And if you if you freak out because you go and you don't see anything Jeep-related, make sure you spell that with a K for Skull Crushers. It's not a C. It's a K for Crushers. And uh, they've been in operation since 2016. Now, Ben left the corporate life and joined the Jeep life full-time, lucky bastard. And mm-hmm. <laughs> over at SkullCrushers.com, they sell the inner fender flares, uh, custom ga- gas cap covers, and uh, not only the custom, but they have uh, some uh, already uh, designed ones that you may be interested in as well. And uh, they do sell apparel and much, much more. Now, uh, Ben, thank you very much for being with us tonight, and uh, we really appreciate you uh, making the time for us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me, guys. So tell us something. I noticed on uh, the SkullCrushers.com website, at the very bottom, you had a Baytown address, and I went, I'm from Baytown. How come I didn't, uh, how come I didn't know Ben was in Baytown? Now, 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 you're not actually in Baytown, though. No, well, I'm actually in uh, Southern California. I'm out of um, San Diego. We, we started the company in Baytown, and that's originally where uh, everything began. And... Um, then Hurricane Harvey hit, and you know we had a small office there with a buddy of mine, and obviously everything flooded and we lost it. Um, we didn't really lose any products because they're still under development, uh, just some computers and everything. But we do have, you know, pretty deep ties down in Texas. So, uh, how long were you there? Is that is that your hometown, or were you did you move there? No. So I do um, in my other business. Um, I was in and out of Texas quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I was in the stock market for 20 years and I was in oil and gas and a lot of other businesses. Um, so I, I was always down there flying in and out of, um, uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it Exxon? Cause Exxon's the big thing in Baytown folks. Yeah, no, it's huge. We, we, uh, we did a lot of smaller, uh, joint ventures. Right. Well, it's probably better anyway, cause Exxon can be a little uh, persnickety about things. <laughs> but there was a, uh, a lot a lot of neighbors uh, uh worked uh at the uh, the refinery the oil refinery there and it was amazing uh since i grew up there there was uh several fires uh there in the the, the plant and and when we say plant the plant is absolutely huge the uh it's well, like yeah. A, yeah a large portion of uh, of baytown and uh but city, yeah yeah, but uh, we, uh, but I never died. So it was. Uh, they did a pretty good job of not blowing up uh, Baytown, and uh, that was uh, that was always a plus. <laughs> so, Ben, I have a question. Where does Skull Crushers come from? Um, so, basically, um, in 2014, I I sold my house uh, in the state. And I bought a Jeep. Um, my family and I moved to uh, Cabo San Lucas down in, down in Baja. And um, 
it all kind of came about. I would, you know, I took two years off of work and um, really not an early retirement, but I just took some time off to reconnect with the family. And buying the Jeep was something that really reconnected my sons and I because I was always traveling and gone for work. Um, and I really just fell in love with the whole culture of just off-roading. And I've always kind of been an off-roader through my whole life. Um, so I came home one day and um, I said, you know, I told my son Benji, who was four at the time, I said, Benji, we're going to start an off-road company. I said, give me a good name for a company. And he just looked at me and he said, Dad, Skull Crushers. And um, well, I said Skull Crusher. And uh, so I stayed up that night. Um, I was on GoDaddy trying to buy a domain. And Skull Crusher, uh, you know, with a C was was $18,000, I think, to buy it. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of played around with the words. And then I finally got Skull and then Crusher with a K. Uh, put an S at the end, and it was $11. Oh, well, that's a better deal than 18000 that's for sure. Um, yeah, what, for sure. Do you do you think your four-year-old, what, did he get that from, like, maybe, was he a monster truck watcher or something? I mean, where do, where you would know, he come up with that? I don't know. He he is such a funny little boy. He's six now, and he's the, the biggest jeeper I know. Um and he just loves the whole off-road culture. Um, you know, my little boy's rooms are all full of, like, King Shocks and Poison Spider and all these companies uh, on their wow. wall. They just, they're just such jeepers. It's hilarious. That's awesome. So now, did you, uh, what was your profession when you were in the corporate world? Uh, not the oil portion, but the stock market. What, what did you do in the stock market? Yeah, so we did, I did a lot of marketing for public companies. Um, and we also, you know, I'd work with investment bankers to take companies public. Um, so, you know, for the last 25 years of my professional life, that's what I've done. And I just really didn't enjoy it or enjoy the people. And that's kind of what led to my little mini breakdown in 2014 and selling our home and just kind of taking an adventure. I just kind of got over the corporate grind, I guess. Oh, yeah, certainly. I can understand that. And, you know, and I've never met you in person, but, of course, I've seen you on Facebook. Uh, I would not think that you had been at a job for 25 years. You you, you look like you're about you look like you're about 30, 35 years old. Oh, man, I'm 41, and my, my body, being an idiot in my 20s and 30s, definitely feels it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So tell us about Skull Crushers Off-Road. What? What is Skull Crushers Off-Road? So our whole premise of our company is make inner fenders that uh, are interchangeable. So if you get bored of one theme or one logo, you can come back to us um, and you can change it out. And we can custom make any design in the inner fender. Um, and so right now that we're you know about a year and a half uh, years old, we're getting, you know, our first customers are coming back to us and they're, um, they're coming up with new logos that they want or they want to change something. Um, and then that was how the company started. And then a buddy of mine in uh, Florida that he was, he had a 3d printer and he kept, he sent me a picture of a Punisher gas cap, you know, a, a logo in, in, um, in the back of his gas cap. And he, and he said, Ben, he's like, do you think this would sell? And I posted it on our, on our Instagram page. And within a few hours, we had about two, 
250 uh, inquiries about getting this gas cap. And it, and it really just kind of went from there. And we didn't even have gas caps at that point at all. And I was like, shoot, I better better find gas caps. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, Oops. And so we've, we've sold out a few times, um, probably four times. And same with our inner fenders. We, we ran first uh, a production of 50, sold out of those. We had a waiting list uh, for a few, few months. And then we, you know, we kept um, just kind of doing small quantities. And uh, now we're at the point where, we, you know, we have some of the big manufacturers and big um, online distributors that want to carry our product. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Thank I'm shop. I'm shopping, Tony. Sorry. Yeah, that's no problem. Um, so <laughs> now, now, Ben, you so, guys, I think it was, I think it was the the gas caps. You guys had a bit of an issue uh, with uh, corp, Jeep Corporate uh, on something you were selling. Was it the gas caps? You know, it was uh, it was a Wonder Woman gas cap, and it was some some decals we had on the the website. Right. Um, were like Jeep grill and like a a Jeep. It, it was a Jeep logo. Um, Honestly, it was pretty scary. I, I woke up to an email, and it was uh, Jeep's attorney. And, oh, my uh, gosh. And they wanted to cease and desist. Yeah. I was, you know, <laughs> and I've been in the corporate world, obviously, for, for 20 years. So I was just like, well, whatever whatever Jeep wants us to take down, we, we definitely will. Right. Yeah, I think you actually yeah, even posted that up on Facebook, and I thought that you uh, you responded to that very, very quickly and, and accurately. And, and I'm, I'm assuming you didn't have any other issues after that. No, exactly. Yeah, it, it was definitely, we wanted to comply and have a good working relationship with Jeep. And right. obviously that's why we're in the business is because of them. Yeah, I was I was actually looking at the, all the gas caps. I'm like, huh, I wonder if, like if someone asks for a custom logo of something in particular, you have to be careful like of trademarked um, pictures. Yeah, exactly. So this kind of, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And so what we've done is we've applied with uh, Marvel, uh, Warner Brothers to get um, to get a lot of their logos. And, you know, we'll contact companies and make sure that it's okay. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, uh, what kind of responses are you getting? I mean, I'm, I'm sure people will do things for money, but when you just ask them, would it be okay to do this? I'm a, it, it, do any of them say, yeah, sure. I mean, actually, I'm kind of surprised. Well, I'm, I'm kind of surprised Jeep did what they did because you're promoting their product. Yeah, exactly. We actually, um, I would say about in the, in the summer, maybe about five months ago, um, we, we had an issue actually with Warner brothers. And, um, I think it was the, that was the, it was the Wonder Woman gas cap or something. Uh And, um, and so I had called the director over there at Warner brothers because on the complaint, he was listed as the, the guy to call. And he was so nice. He was super helpful. And he, you know, he was a high up corporate guy. And he was like, I don't even know what a gas cap is. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure he was getting driven around in his Bentley. But, but he was really nice. And he helped us uh, work with the, the division um, to get the proper licenses and everything. And, um, and so, you know, it's a process, but it's definitely something that, you know, uh, in that, what happened was, as I responded to directly to Warner Brothers, um, however, I didn't respond to GoDaddy because I didn't think I, I had re- resolved it with Warner Brothers. Later that night, our website was shut down and a bunch of people oh. on Instagram and Facebook were like, hey, are you out of business? Your, your site's not working. 
and I was freaking out. Um, and I, I called the, the guy at Warner Brothers was really helpful and he reversed the complaint and um, we got our website back up because of him um, within 24 hours. But GoDaddy took it down because oh, I had wow. communicated with them. Yeah, so it was kind of, it was definitely a learning curve. Um, but I've learned a lot in the last year and a half of our business. I've learned stuff that I never knew about from manufacturing to uh, intellectual property and, and everywhere in between. Now, speaking of manufacturing, uh, I, I know there's a few things that you guys uh, sell uh, through, uh, you know, you get it from third parties, but there are items that you make yourself. Uh, what, item, what items do you guys create? So we, um, well, actually what we were doing is we kind of got too big too fast. And so I, I actually found a manufacturing plant in Ohio um, that manufactures our inner fenders. So we have guys that do all our designs in house, and now we're kind of at a point where we're just we're using only U.S. Uh, manufacturers, obviously, um, but throughout the country. So we just came out with our, our rear inner fenders, um, and and for SEMA this year, we're working with a, a group in uh, Arizona, and they're helping um, us with the JLs for SEMA. So what I wanted to do is, you know, we're all about giving back to our veterans. The guys in Arizona are two, um, they're, well, they're actually active duty, but they're two Air Force guys uh, in a shop there. And so they're going to be doing all our logos for all the, the Jeep builds that we're on for SEMA. Excellent. And now, now you're going to SEMA uh, this year, 2018. Is this your first year at SEMA? No. So last year was our first year, and we were only five months old in, in uh Somebody, somebody that was one of our designers was like, "Hey, you know, turn me on to SEMA." And and uh, before I knew it, I was at SEMA Summit last summer before the before the show, and which was really helpful. And we just kind of jumped into it. Um, we basically got my Jeep built in about three weeks before the show, and uh, I jumped into it. It was honestly one of those bucket list moments that um, you know I put it up there with. Uh, my my wedding, my kids being born, and then he, oh, wow. it was, it was <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> that's gonna that statement's gonna come back to haunt you. I promise you. <laughs> I know my wife's not gonna be happy about that. <laughs> so I'm looking at your the inner fender. Is it like just pretty easy to just bolt it on? Take the old one out, the stock one out, and yep. just bolt this back into current locations. Yes, the, we use um, the OEM holes. Um, and then we also use two self-tapping um, screws for the front ones. Okay. Um, and that, that, that way it alleviates all the vibrating that some of our other, you know, the bigger competitors, uh, the biggest complaint is that, you know, that it rattles and has vibrating. Oh, okay. Um, so what I, what I did is I, when we were designing these, we brought in um, an AutoCAD guy from the automotive industry. And um, well, I spent a bunch of money just doing testing before we, actually launch the product. So for the folks that don't know, I mean, inner fender flares, uh, or I shouldn't say flares, the inner fenders look really cool and all, but they have a, a useful purpose. So remind the folks that maybe, or, and tell the folks that maybe don't know, what what's the use of having one of these things besides having a fancy logo? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's functionality also. Um, if you, you know, if you, a lot of people are taking their OEM parts off. Once you take those parts off, you, a lot of your components are exposed. 
Um, so if you're on a trail and you get rock hits up in there or dust or dirt and all that other stuff, um, could obviously lead to more damage and engine problems. So the, so the inner fenders obviously protect against that. Um, and then we lose, we use the mesh, uh, for let, letting the engine and all the components breathe as well. And it uh, gives you a little more, uh, tire clearance, uh, for flex, doesn't it? Correct. Absolutely. Now, our, what kind of material is it made out of? And it, it looks like to me they're powder coated. Yeah, actually, um, so they're made out of alu- air- aircraft aluminum. Uh, oh, okay. Gauge, uh, 5052 is what it's called. Um, and we were we were actually uh, using Rhino Liner when we first started. And I like that product because it's super durable. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of now that we've done a, we did a deal with Google back in the summer for marketing. And we're at a point where we're kind of too busy to do 20 different Jeeps at a time, different colors. And it was just, it was too time consuming. And, you know, in our, in our day of uh, Amazon prime, people want their Jeep parts, you know, faster, like yesterday. Oh yeah, um, exactly. Where the, where the hell is it? I just clicked the button. <laughs> right. I just, I just got, I'm getting a custom, you know, that's our biggest thing is I'm like, I'm like, damn you, Amazon prime, because with custom pieces, uh, you're creating it from scratch. Whereas it's right. not, you know, there's, all, all most of our, um, you know, all our vendors to date are one of a kind. And now we're just kind of letting Jeepers, I think they're the, you know, the most creative people on the planet paint their own. Um, and so that's kind of in the last few months, what's been really cool is to see that people's own personal touch on them. You know, the, the mesh, the mesh with the logo over it kind of really creates almost like a, uh, a good backdrop for any kind of logo. Well, the great thing about painting it yourself is, you know, especially if you do rattle can, is whenever it gets messed up, it's easy to touch up and easy to fix. <laughs> whereas, exactly. Whereas when you do the powder coating and all these other things, and Tammy's heard this before, uh, the powder coating, you damage it, you, you're going to have to have the whole thing repowder coated or touch it up, and it's not going to look the same. So uh, ain't nothing wrong with rattle can. But I think yeah, when I know, the, I agree. Now, it, when the, the aluminum's going to be a lot, better maintenance wise than the steel would and yeah, it's a exactly. lot it's it's lighter lighter and uh, uh yeah. less less prone to uh, oxidation yeah absolutely yeah that exactly that, mass, that was the, the road that was the whole point is is I, I couldn't put or work with steel just because you know as jeepers are in trails and mud constantly and i didn't want to have a product that somebody would post a picture of our stuff rotting on their oh Jeep. yeah it just didn't right. and it would happen yeah and because i've seen it done with bumpers you know well bumpers are made out of oh. uh, steel and they they will right. rust if you don't maintain them so now yeah you, mine is you, you definitely you, orange <laughs> you mentioned something earlier <laughs> and, and i don't keep up with this uh, a lot because i have a cherokee and not a, a jk uh which you those are the what you make the uh, the fender inner fenders for you mentioned something about rear inner fenders, and I don't think I've seen rear inner fenders before. Is this something new to you guys? Yeah, we just launched them uh, a few months ago, and um, the same premise as the front ones, where you can interchange the logos, um, is is how we've uh, we've done those, and they look fantastic. Um, it's not as much like functionality; it's more of getting rid of that ugly kind of body you know, the gap there that you have, um, in the back of your JK, uh, when you lift it and you have that room between the tires and the, the wheel well right there. Gives it an unfinished look and this would make a, a more finished, more professional look to it. 
Exactly. Yep, you nailed it, Tony. So, uh, have you guys uh, thought about doing any like? Uh, and I know this is really uh, riser, corn boiled ball, ball type stuff. But have you guys thought about doing any uh, like LED spots to highlight the the front of the logo, or maybe even uh, light the logos from the back? Yes, I'm going to. Uh, well, in my in my Jeep and a lot of the, our customers' um, Jeeps, uh, they have rock lights um, in between them, and at night they just look fantastic yeah, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> definitely a cool look and i want to do that with the rears it's a little harder but i think with a with a led strip it'll look awesome yeah led lighting is, is so easy to do uh great lighting with and produces so much light for such little power it's it's a lot of fun to play with those yeah i agree so now there are other items that you guys uh, sell at your at your site what are, what are some of the other hot items that you guys have yeah, we've um, we obviously sell our pre- our apparel, and people love our logo. Um, we also um, just started selling uh, black rhino wheels, as well as uh, toxic wheels. Are going to be on the our new site actually launches this week, and um, and we're going to you know eventually put some i drives up there. And I like to do deals with companies that they're not all over the place, um, and so I I kind of look for those companies, and I also like working with jeepers that have you know started companies and they're just like we are um and you know mom and pop kind of shops that are just doing something different and offer something offer the jeep community something different so we're we're rolling out a new site because we kind of outgrew our our old site and um and so i wanted to be able to put more um products on there sure now, uh, I noticed you guys have apparel. Is this uh, like one size fits all, or is it men, women, kids, uh, dogs? No, we have or? men's and women's. Um, yeah, we're just, I've been so busy preparing for SEMA, but um, yeah, and living in California, in Southern California, it's hot here every day. But uh, a lot of people have been asking for uh, hoodies and sweatshirts. So that's coming soon. I, uh, I haven't forgot about it. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely, I have to do it. Now, uh, now, now this is um, now, let me let me squ- squeeze this in here real quick, Tammy, and I'll let you go. Uh, but uh, this is more of a personal uh, inquiry, and uh, I think I've asked you about it on Facebook before. You had an incident. I don't know what you were doing. You were traveling around all over p- parts of the country, and you had an incident where you lost the top, the hard top, to your Jeep. Uh, what <laughs> happened? Um. So that was going to uh, Daytona Beach. And I, you know, being a corporate guy, I've never trailered a Jeep at that point across the country. And um, I had only got to my first state. I got to Tucson, Arizona. Um, I got turned around in a parking structure and my wife was calling me. It was like one in the morning. Um, And all I heard was, you know, I had a brand new pickup um, and I just heard the most awful noise and my truck kind of jerked me back. Uh, I hit the top of a parking structure, and it was the best uh, accidental marketing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> and everybody at Jeep Beach knew about it, but the story kind of morphed where people were like, I heard you hit a bridge. And um, so the, so basically, I ripped off the, you know, I had this, uh, I had a bunch of stuff on my, my I had a roof rack that the, the underground parking hit. Wow. Um, and uh, I kind of, you know, as a, a dumb guy, I uh, I freaked out. I was in a state. I didn't know anybody at the time. And so I grabbed the hardtop with all this, you know, the roof rack and everything attached. And um, I 
threw it over a railing in some bushes and um, I was, I was, <laughs> got oh rid of God. the evidence. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I was like, I'm going to get rid of the evidence. And um, and so I checked into the hotel. My hands were all bloody. The, the guy probably thought I had murdered somebody <laughs> down the street or something. And, uh, you know, and then and then I showered up. I called my wife and she's like, she's like, you're an idiot. Like you got, you know, your roof rack on there. You have, she's like, you don't even know if you could fix it. So, um, uh, you know, I, she's always right. And, um, I, of course, yes. I drove the truck around at two in the morning and, uh, I jumped over the railing. I had thrown it over. I pulled it up from the roof rack over to the railing and, and pulled it up. Um, finally got it in the back of my truck and, um, the next morning at seven in the morning, I couldn't even move. Uh, I, I like absolutely strained my muscles, like, you know, my, my gut and like all my back muscles. And, uh, and so I drove across the country with this truck and, uh, no top. And, um, and then I got to, I got to, uh, Houston and, uh, had a buddy there and he said, he's like, brother, stop by my house. I got a top for you. And, so I stopped by his house, we threw the top on, and and then I kept on going, and I went through a rainstorm. So it was a total blessing. Yeah. But um, but everybody on social media knew about it, and so when <laughs> I I had my little I had my little you know booth at uh, G Beach, it was like the talk of the show. People would be like, "Hey, that's the guy," and um, <laughs> it, was, it was it was pretty funny. But to this day, my back is completely ruined from that. <laughs> oh man. So you're, you you keep saying Jeep. What kind of? I'm assuming it's a Wrangler, of course, because of the whole top thing. But what kind of Jeep do you have? Yeah, I have a 2012 Jeep Wrangler uh, JKU, and that me and that Jeep have been through all over through Mexico. And um, I really want to get a JL, but it's not in the budget yet. And I'm so uh, me and that Jeep are so bonded with the the experiences oh, we have. Yep. <laughs> I know. I it, you just it, you hate thinking of parting with it, and I don't think I would ever part with mine. I would just get another Jeep. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, she's she's in, wanna... and she doesn't even think twice about the Sahara she traded in. Uh, ben. No, I know. <laughs> I do. I do. I do have regrets. <laughs> But that was before, you know, that was only a year. I only had it for a year. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm glad, oh, yeah, I'm glad your bad. boys li- lived longer than a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were only a year old. Well, I don't care. Hey. And now before before Tony asks this, because Tony's really into the color of Jeeps, what color is your Jeep? It's, uh, it's white. And uh, what I did is I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. That is the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I got a thing with white Jeeps. I think they just look fantastic. Oh, this is just taking a racist turn. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of the taking a turn, uh, I heard a little rumor that you had a giveaway for our audience. I do absolutely. We're gonna do. Uh, I have a. We're gonna do a custom gas cap for a winner. Uh, as well as some decals, and uh, we have a $50 gift certificate um, for somebody. Now, uh, they, what they have to do, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, now the discount code, uh, is that going to be for one person, or are we just going to give them a code and anybody can use it? 
Well, what I'll do is I'll email you guys the gift certificate and whoever you guys pick, uh, that, you know, if they leave a, a, a message with Skull Crushers Crushing SEMA 2018 uh, to win. Excellent. So I, I guess what we can do is, is that uh, we can do uh, two giveaways and uh, yep. we'll, we'll do, uh, you go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, find our voicemail number, send us a voicemail. And uh, the first person that calls in and says, uh, Skull Crushers crushing it at SEMA 2018, that's Skull Crushers crushing it at SEMA 2018. Uh, the first, the first one will get the custom gas cap, and the second caller that d- says this phrase correctly will get the fifty dollar discount code. How's that sound, Ben? That's perfect, absolutely. All right, so you guys heard it here, and uh, if you if you haven't been hearing us preach about this, you got to get the Jeep Talk Show app, put it on your phone, your tablet, uh, whatever. It's free, and that's the absolute fastest way that you can get the Jeep Talk Show. And we have a new episode every friday usually friday morning so that's how you're going to win this thing is if you get the show quickly and listen to this show and get this information so uh, remember go over to uh, our voicemail line and call us and tell us to be the first or second caller skull crushers crushing it at sema 2018 so ben tell the kids where they can find you on the social media everybody loves the social media yeah uh we we're Pretty much popular on uh, Instagram is our main account. It's Skull Crusher Off Road, um, and we also have on Facebook it's SkullCrushers.com, um, and then we have a marketing site on Instagram that I, I honestly don't really go on. I let my marketing team run, uh, but that's Skull Crushers uh, Inc. Excellent. So yeah, I, I can't remember if we're on uh, if we're, we're following you if Jeep Talk Show is following you on Instagram or not. But I'll check that, and if we're not, we'll uh, we'll certainly be following you uh, and uh, seeing what other shenanigans you're going to get into. I mean, it's a it's a top today. No telling what it might be tomorrow. Now, oh, go, circling back to that real quick, the top did not survive. Is that correct? The top did not. I took off the um, you know I had some roto packs uh, on the oh, side, so I, I took those off, and the roof rack. Surprisingly enough. Uh, is intact and I was kind of contemplating it putting it back on um, I, I'm going to leave it off for right now but it's well you got all those uh, horrible memories of uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it, I, was, it was crazy but there was and, no and all, but there was no damage to the Jeep itself it was just the top that uh, that got trashed right That's yeah great. exactly it was just the, just the top but um, for some reason every every trip I do there's something crazy happens to me I, I don't know what it is well, the problem is you're not taking your wife with you. You need to take the brains of the outfit <laughs> so she can tell yeah, you about these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, thank you very much for being with us tonight. And yeah, uh, lots, for me. it sounds like you guys are doing gangbusters over there for being such a young company. Uh, and and you, certainly, you certainly can't accomplish that without good customer service. So uh, obviously you guys are doing something right. Uh, so anyway, thanks. Thank a, you so much. Yeah, thank you a lot for being with us tonight. And after you say uh, your goodbye, Tammy's going to get the last word. No, I was just going to say, thank you so much. Um, You had some really great stories, and that's what we love is those great Jeep stories. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Big thanks to Ben for taking the time to talk about Skull Crushers Off-Road and everything they're doing for us Jeepers. Some really cool stuff they're putting out there. 
Hey, do you guys have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry? Or maybe you know somebody who does. Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. Everybody's got a Jeep story. We want to hear yours. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. It could be you. Hey, coming up next week, Brandon Sturgis with Michelin, uh, those are the folks that make the BF Goodrich tires, is going to be our guest interview. And uh, if you hadn't already heard, they're going to be doing a giveaway, and that's going to include <gasps> some BF Goodrich tires. That's yeah. right. Not, not just some, but a full set, and we mean five. Yes. Five BF Goodrich tires and Pretty much, what, anything they make, Tony? Yes. Well, uh, KO, KO2s, uh, or <laughs> Egg McMahon, KO, uh, the, <laughs> the KO2s or the KM3s. And yes, any size. I couldn't believe it. Oh. I had to ask them twice. So, uh, yeah. Are you yep, sure? You, yes, are you sure? <laughs> then we need to Tammy, uh, Tammy drop on that one. But, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited about this. And they're going to have some other good uh, goodie items as well. So, we're going to have a total of three giveaways. Plus, oh plus, we're going to have all the great information hearing about the BF Goodrich tires straight from the source, which is which was really the whole intent was getting those guys on as a guest who knew we were gonna have such a great giveaway so don't miss it and if you don't already have the jeep talk show app you need to get it install it and learn how to use it it's real simple uh because you want to be able to get the show as soon as you can after that interview so you can be in the running to win all these great bf goodrich prizes next week on episode 356 hey tony and josh no you can't have the tires no, I think I'm gonna, I'm I'm, put, I'm 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 going to quit the talk show right now. Yeah. Um because I want to become a listener now. I want a chance to win all this stuff. Ah, it's just amazing. It's just amazing, oh, isn't it, Tammy? Well, you and a lot of other oh, people. I, I, you guys, I know. you need to tell your friends. Go, go out there and tell your friends, yeah, I'm going to be the one that's going to win all this awesome BF Goodrich stuff, <laughs> yes. or at least the tires. I mean, come on now, right? Oh, you know, oh. so yeah. What? For six months, it'll be insufferable. Hey, have you seen my free tires? Yeah, I got them from the Jeep Talk Show. <laughs> <laughs> from what? What's a Jeep Talk Show? I can okay. hear it now. <laughs> What's a podcast? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I just caught the show, and I got a few things to say. Uh-oh. Uh, first of all, about Sebastian, who won the uh, grill inserts last week. I'd like to say uh, congratulations. And I believe when he says he's watching the show, I really believe he is watching the show. I think he's parked out front of my house right now watching me. <laughs> and I say those grill inserts look nice. And, uh, Tammy, you keep bringing it up, pouring wo- salt in a wound. Yes. I went wheeling with Tammy, and she outwheeled me. I was far back in the line. I was, you were a couple of Jeeps ahead of me. So I really couldn't see or hear anything. But all I remember was the spotter saying, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, I, yes, I, sure. I think I did say that. Let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out! It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Yeah, what is it and why do I want it? 
So earlier I mentioned um, top five things to do to winterize your Jeep, and one of those items was called fluid film. So I'm going to give you a little review on fluid film. A couple of years ago, a fellow Jeeper shared with me about this product that's going to help me with my rust issue. And this is something that us in the Northeast, as well as the Midwest, deal with every winter. And this product is called Fluid Film. This product is a unique lanolin-based product, and it protects all metals. There's no solvents. It stops rust on contact. It's non-toxic, non-hazardous long-lasting, and it protects your equipment, your undercarriage, from rust and corrosion. It's formulated from a specially processed wool wax, highly refined petroleum oils, and selected agents to provide corrosion control, penetration, metal wetting, and water displacement. Now, these long-lasting products, like I said, contain no solvents and will not dry out and will penetrate to the base of all metals, providing corrosion protection from both natural and industrial atmospheres. Um, heavily corroded and or frozen parts, such as your nuts and bolts, um, shafts, etc., that would normally be damaged during maintenance can be salvaged by applying fluid film. And like I said, it's been used in the marine environment for over 55 years on ships and drilling rigs. Um, in the highly corrosive marine environment. And more recently, they have introduced and successfully utilized it in lawn and garden aviation and the automobile industry, um, helping our Jeeps in the um, salt belt, as I like to call it. Now, you can find fluid film um, on Amazon, and it comes in spray cans, it comes in gallons, um, depending on what kind of application you're going to use. So I probably will use like maybe one spray can underneath my Jeep per season. I do it in the fall and in the spring. So Amazon, you can get fluid film. Do you guys have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear on our next product review. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware. Hey oh Ed McMahon drives a Jeep and is alive? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you may have already hey, won. <laughs> I wonder if I don't have a Jeep. Oh he should. Uh, he's got everything else. More than one. You know, I, I gotta yeah. I gotta wonder how many people out there uh went, Ed McMahon. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> right over the head. It's right there with Steve McQueen. <laughs> you know, damn it, they better sh they should know Steve McQueen. He was in a lot of good movies. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. My son came in and asked me today. He's like, Mom, what's a pop culture person that is that your age group would know? And I'm looking and I'm like, why are you asking me this? Because that's who he wants <laughs> to be for look. Halloween. <laughs> oh. Backhand ready. Cock ready. What? What? <laughs> I think, so I, know. I think you ought so to get some uh, rainbow uh, suspenders and a really oh, colorful well, shirt and yeah. go buy, you know, go as Mark. Yeah. Well, I suggested <laughs> the Fonz and he's like, who's the Fonz? Ah, What's bad. the Fonz? Um, but he's going to go as the guy on PBS who was the painter. Oh, yeah. What's Bob that guy's Ross. Yeah, there you go. Yes. With the Afro. Happy yeah, little so, trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's who he wants to go as and let's, and let's paint a little happy little Jeep here going down yeah. this creek. Yeah. <laughs>
I've seen that meme. It's really it's funny. <laughs> I didn't know he died. He died young, too. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, I think he was in his 50s whenever he passed away. Well, speaking of, uh, of, uh, of painting jeeps and, and people on TV and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that, you know, is, uh, I, something I've noticed here lately, guys, uh, uh, commercials, um, you know, movies, a, a couple Netflix movies, and of course, you know, uh, TV shows and, and everything else. I've been seeing a very noticeable increase in jeeps just in the background as an extra, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and it's like uh, almost every TV show that I turn on now, there's a jeep in the background. Um, or they're driving a Jeep, you know, or, um, you know, there's a, a, fa- a famous TV series, you know, Walking Dead uh, for uh, oh, yeah. uh, seasons, almost every single episode had at least one shot of a Jeep in it. Yeah, um, and just uh, all these placements. Now, now, is this just product placement? Is this marketing or is this just, you know, fans of the show, listeners of the Jeep talk show who have made their way into Hollywood and production, <laughs> kind of giving a little nod to the cap, you know, saying, hey, you know, we listen, you know, here's a Jeep for you. You get in the background a little subtly, you know, kind of like that, you know, touch of the nose in the back of it, you know, with the extra you know, stuff like that. You know, I don't know what's going on here, but it's definitely something that I've noticed lately and it's becoming a lot more prevalent um, that I'm seeing it, it just about every commercial, every TV show. If something's popping up, I'm like, wait a minute, that was a Jeep in the background. Did you see that? You know, it's like that shouldn't have been there. Where was it? You know, I don't know if you guys noticed it or not. Well, no, you- I, I have, and I like, I always yell out Jeep, and my family looks at me and rolls their eyes. <laughs> Enough already, Mom. Uh, no, it's a Jeep. Well, I know we've talked about this before. Uh, some some really big movies, the Tom Hanks movie uh, Castaway. He had the oh, yeah. the very really pretty blue uh, 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 Jeep Cherokee. I think it was a 99 or at least the 97 plus model and uh, had that really uh, cool uh, moonroof, sunroof, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know if you guys remember this one or not, but in the movie Taken, there was a chase scene where uh, the star Liam Neeson uh, took a uh, another Cherokee, I think it was a white Cherokee, and spent the next uh, five or ten minutes driving all over the place with that thing uh, and uh, uh, that was another uh, a ch- uh, Jeep in a movie. Speaking of Jeeps in a movie, that's going to be one of my... Top um, fives? Yeah, but I'm going to make it a top ten for you, Oh, Tony. thank you. Yes. Top tens are top tough. Ten. I've, I've said, I've said that yeah, before. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, top fives so, can be tough, too, but uh, easier than ten. Right. Um, for me, um, life has been all about being the soccer mom right now. And we've had so much rain here. All the soccer games keep getting canceled. Or win, win. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, you're you're like le- a legitimate soccer mom, like by definition. Yes, I am. Wait, how I, am I just now finding out about this? <laughs> what? What did? When did ben, this happen? How am oh, I not ben, making fun of this? <laughs> ben, Nine, ben ten years been, ago. I know. Ben has been playing soccer since he was three. Oh, and apparently I don't, I don't pay attention. I don't listen to no. the show. I don't know. I, <laughs> how, how many, how, how can a three-year-old play soccer? I mean, that's just where oh, you step on the ball and fall. <laughs> I, I'll have to look to see if we have any videos of it. It's so hysterical watching them. But um, the, the reason I bring this up is it's very frustrating because these games keep getting canceled and I could be wheeling those weekends oh. with my friends who are up. Like tomorrow night, this isn't because of the rain, but oh, the other team can't make the game because it's their homecoming. 
So they're canceling tomorrow night's game and they're going to reschedule it. Um, this happened um, with another team. Um, so anyway, there's been a, so many weekends now where I could have been out wheeling. So, I mean, I could still go out wheeling, but I, you know, your kids are young for so long and, you know, I don't want to miss them growing up. Tammy, so. you know, your husband's got a new Mercedes, uh, convertible, <laughs> two-passenger two Mercedes. I think it's time to get a nanny that can take care of all this stuff for you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and no. you can go, not, not the wheeling part, but, her, you know, watching the kids and taking care of all those, that nasty business as far as going out to the, the soccer. You know, that's got to, I got to, I have to feel for you because that's got to be horrifically boring when you're, at least not when your kid isn't, uh, you know, doing something. It's always fun right. to watch your, watch your children do it. It's just boring right. watching all the rest of it. Yeah. Ben, you know, speaking of, speaking of Jeep trips. Oh, sorry. Go no, go I'm I'm done. Go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of, uh, of missing out on Jeep trips, I was talking with a, with a buddy here just uh, earlier this week and, and uh, had a very uh, big streak of jealousy happen because he informs me that he's leaving at the end of the week uh, at uh, Moab, Utah, to participate, <laughs> to participate in the 20th anniversary of the Jeep Jamboree in Moab, Utah. Jeez. Yeah. And he's going to be a trail guide uh, for this event. So he's been, he's been hooked up with Jeep Jamboree for the last two years. He said it changed his life um, getting involved with this event. And, uh, and I've, I've said it for years uh, that if you, if you can afford it, I mean, add it to your bucket list. Jeep Jamboree experience is unlike anything else you will ever go through. Um, and, and so if you can make it happen, make it happen. He did. He said it changed his life. And he's been involved with them ever since. And uh, and so he's obviously you know, taking a week off of work, heading out to Utah from Oregon, uh, going to spend a week out in the Moab, uh, beautiful Moab area, uh, just doing some amazing wheeling. And I'm super jealous. So uh, John Mock of Salem Jeepers, uh, congrats and uh, have fun and keep the rubber side down. So now you're a smart guy and I, I, I know you know this, but just in case you don't and, and other listeners uh, that, that need to know this. Anytime that you're going to slice somebody's tires, you need to be very mindful <laughs> of security cameras because they are everywhere and they're tiny. <laughs> no, no, they're nothing but love. I, I, I love this guy. And, and uh, he, uh, he, this is something that he's definitely made jeeping, you know, a major part of his life. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he's a president of a club. Um, he's, uh, he's been active. I think he's on his third or fourth Jeep build. You know, so I mean, this this guy is it lives and breathes Jeep. So, uh, you know, I, I was not at all surprised, but I was certainly jealous. Sure. Um, uh, how long a drive is that for you, Josh, to to go to Moab? Oh, geez, I want to say it's at least sixteen hours. Okay, so it's not as close as what I thought. Now, let me ask you guys this: You know, you hear people going to Easter Jeep Safari and all these other Jeep events in Moab. I mean, and there's got to be tons of other Jeepers there. Well, I, I don't know. I'm not big on crowds and lots of people and, you know, long lines and stuff. Would you rather prefer going to one of those big events when you go to Moab or just going out there on like just like a normal, you know, every day? Yes. A both. normal every day where uh, there's no, I'd like both. to, I'd like both. to do both, but I yeah. think, I think Seriously. the one out there when it's normal every day is, is, is going to be the most, um, the most fun with your Jeep. But right. but going out and seeing all the jeeps and seeing all the people right. would be another kind of another layer of fun uh, that I think. So I think both those things is if I if I could do both of them, I would want to do both. About a thousand miles for me. 
985.6 miles uh, from uh, from my home from this town that I'm in to uh, Moab, Utah. So yeah, you uh, 14, 14 hour and 41 minute drive. Yeah, for me, I can do that a, in one stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no. you could. Mine was 29 hours. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was 29 hours when I Googled it. I couldn't it. do that in one stretch. Right, I'd have to you, have at least one stop. You looked it up. You didn't do it because you, you flew out there, right? Oh, yeah. there's. I Personally, I didn't have enough vacation time <laughs> to drive out there. You, you yeah, do. <laughs> and um, just going by myself on that long of a drive would have been really hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really wish I had a uh, had a trailer and uh, mm. a nice truck to tow things around because it, it would make things a lot simpler. Jeep work, runs fine out on the trail, uh, even in super hot weather, uh, but getting there, uh, not. You know, I'll ask this real quick, and maybe our listeners uh, have a have an idea too. Um, Three-row radiator. Uh, I need a little bit more cooling, and I'm concerned about, you know, there's a heavy-duty two-row two in it now. Uh, and I was thinking about uh, trying a three-row again uh, under the the idea that maybe there wasn't something that was uh, – there was a lot of work going on with my cooling system. And maybe – I can't remember the – I really wish I had written a log on all this stuff because now I'm wondering if maybe uh, when I tried the three-row radiator, there was still a component that needed to be changed, and that was what was keeping it from – uh, fixing the the running hot. I mean, I had the exact same problem with the three row radiator as I did with the the one row, the two row, and et cetera, et cetera. Nothing in the radiator department seemed to seem to fix the running hot on the the freeway issue. But now uh, with everything running really really well and cooling really really well, with the exception of being on the highway, I'm wondering if a three row might give me that extra capacity I need to be able to to drive down the highway at 70 miles an hour with 456 gears and uh, not gradually overheat. So go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, uh, find the phone number there and call Tony and let him know what he's doing wrong or what he needs to do. Well, you know, I shared with you, right. yeah, I shared with you the other day that it was, uh, you know, it was uh, 60 or 58, 59 degrees air temperatures, uh, 20 mile drive home, 70 mile per hour plus. And I was running 177 uh, degree uh, temperature on the uh, on the coolant. So that seems low to me. That, that, that yeah, seems, yeah, it did to me as well. Low. Now when I when I got off the highway, it jumped up to 185, 188, whatever that picture was. I, I sent you guys, mm-hmm. and uh, so it heats up, you know, because it's not getting that airflow. But that's why I'm thinking the cooling system is really working well um, because I can I can drive at highway speeds with the cool air temperature. I just need to get it. Where it does that at you know ninety between ninety and ninety eight degrees air temperature might be too much for a Cherokee to handle uh, on its own. Don't know. Maybe it's time to get a new Jeep. Oh no! Twenty Start years, over, Tony. Start over. Yep. Twenty <laughs> years. I'm uh, I'm fine with a yeah, Jeep. Yeah, oh, I I don't know if I could let go of it. Yeah, no, he, he's he's the original owner. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, do you guys want to join in on the campfire side chat? We'd love to hear you. I know Tony would certainly like to uh, hear what you have to say about uh, his cooling issues. Uh, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Find out all the ways that you can reach out and join in on the fun. Now for some events from around the world and maybe in your neck of the woods. All right. Well, coming up this weekend. So if you're listening to this on Friday the 19th, this is going to be 
tomorrow on the 20th. It is the uh, For Veterans' Sake, uh, again, October 20th. It's a Jeep, car, truck, anything with wheels show. <laughs> so uh, we'll have the, sh- uh, uh, the the link in the show notes where you can go to that one. And uh, it sounds like it's going to be a, a really good event. And as always, uh, please share any photographs you take uh, with us, and we'll uh, be able to sh- uh, share those on social media. We also have a Hump and Bump coming up on November the 2nd. It's going to be November 2nd and 3rd. Uh, it is Nevada's largest and most popular Jeep on uh, Jeep and off-road event. Jeep enthusiasts come from all over the world to come and attend and spend two days in off-road heaven. Oh, I bet you it is in Nevada. Trail runs, large uh, range from mid to wild, everything in between. The event ends with a giant raffle of over $50,000 worth of amazing products and services from major vendors. Again, coming up on November the 2nd. For more information and more events and links about all the events that you've heard about here uh, here on the Jeep Talk Show, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode, and you can see all sorts of, well, all sorts of stuff. Get the Jeep Talk Show app from Apple or Google stores. It's the absolute fastest way to get the show, and it's free. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to enable the Jeep Talk Show skill on every Amazon device if it's not yours. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. I take my Jeep to be my lawfully wedded project. I promise to upgrade, modify, and customize, to have and to own from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, broken down or running until death do us part. And now, kiss the Jeep. All I've guessing since 2010.